1: Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe, and it's great to have you out there listening. In today's episode, we're going back to the beginning, to somewhere where many of us, but well, all of all of us who've run businesses, have been in the. We're chatting to someone who's just in the first seven months of running the business, and there's trust me, there are lessons for all of us in this one. Now, before you listen to that, though, check out the sponsors because without them, the podcast would not be possible. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it free for 30 days and get a free £10 scale when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Cash flow slowing your growth? Exchange rate fees driving you mad? You need seller's funding. We've helped hundreds of retailers solve these problems with our easy way to access working capital and local currency collection accounts. With the number one direct lending platform of 2018 in the US. We also serve the UK and other markets coming soon. We provide funding from as little as $5,000 to as much as half a million dollars. And our customers have given us a five star score on Trustpilot. Let us help you navigate through these challenges with greater clarity and flexibility. Visit us at www.sellersfunding.com forward slash e-commerce dash master plan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Neil Elliott is the founder of Sir Gordon Bennett, a retailer dedicated to helping us all buy better and buy British. Stocking a range of gorgeous brands, the business launched in November 2018. And after half a year of trading and a lot of testing and measuring, they've achieved sales of £7,000 to date. They're on the cusp of launching a big marketing campaign too, so I'm sure we'll get into that later. Hello, Neil.
2: Hello, Chloe. Thank you for having us.
1: It's great to have you on. I always like speaking to a fresh, shiny business because there's so much we can all learn from you, even if we're, you know, we've been in the industry as long as I have. Uh, We're not even going there today. Um, So how did you get started in e-commerce?
2: Well, the business might be uh, fresh and shiny, but I'm certainly not. Um, So I'm 49 now um, and I've had a very varied career, um, but I've always been a bit of a creator at heart. Um, I used to draw cars, American cars for people and frame them and sell them to them. Um, I had my record label, I was a record producer at 27, I decided to go to university and study design and media management. After that, I became an advertising creative, a copywriter, um, went all over the world, New York, Dubai, London, Vienna, um, running various accounts. Um, finally ended up in Germany for the last eight years running Procter and & Gamble and Weber Barbecue Grills um, across uh, EMEA. Um, and I suppose I got very bored after 20 years of advertising. <laughs> um, I've just always had a bit of a problem with um, boredom, really. Um, I, I, I don't like being settled. So I thought, why don't I give it all in and become an e-commerce uh, owner, which is a bit of a strange sort of segue i suppose but i just wanted to build my own brand i think i think i've been building other people's brands for so long and uh these clients were probably not doing exactly what i wanted them to do
1: they never do 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 they they never
2: do no they they were just ignoring me. <laughs> um so i thought well maybe i should just take my own advice and do it myself and i used to spend a lot of time in germany in a in a, in a shop called manufaktum which is like um a craftsmanship playground. You know, every product from around the world is beautifully made and beautifully curated, like uh, knives from Japan or culinary objects from France, Spanish leather work. And I was thinking, well, you know what? There's a lot of British brands out there that probably aren't as famous, but I know that the British do really good craftsmanship products. Um, and the other thing that brought me to it was that I had a huge international team working for me with PNG on Weber Grills. And they were internationals, and there was always this playful banter going on, um sort of patriotic banter and The Brazilians would always say, "Oh, we've got the best football team," and the Swedish would say, "Yeah, but our way of life is the best and uh so sort of the Germans had always had their engineering and um one thing that everyone seemed to agree on is that actually British culture and British craftsmanship was something that everyone the world over agreed was was held in high esteem, I suppose even though it was maybe a little bit eccentric, um, a bit like Apple, I
1: suppose. So so bringing all those ideas, you know, the fact you wanted to start the start a business of your own and build a brand, the fact that, you know, you wanted to do this kind of buy British piece, how, and, you know, and all the experience you've had all the years, how did you decide that an e-commerce store was the right way to realise all of this?
2: Um, well, to be honest, uh, the, orig- the original thought was, uh, my girlfriend's German, by the way, so it, I'm not jingoistic or xenophobic in any way about a British (laughs) way of life um and I have lived all over the world for the last 10 years um but the original idea was to open one up in Germany open up an actual physical bricks and mortar store in Germany um and then I realized that my German actually wasn't good enough to get through all the red tape that would probably be required to run a business in Germany and then I went to Dubai to see a friend and she um runs a few things online and I started talking to her and she was like well why don't you just do it online and open your whole world up and that might be a better idea it might save me a lot of trouble little did I know further on down the line Saved me any trouble whatsoever.
1: Well, it saved you some trouble, but bought you other forms of trouble, I suspect. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's the case with any business, though. There's, there's the pros and cons to all of them. So tell us a little bit about the business itself then. Um, where in the world actually are you and where are you selling to?
2: So I am based in Bristol now. I moved back to the UK just over a year ago, um, which I love in, in sunny Bristol. Um, it's a very multicultural and amazing place to live. Um, and my business partner, who is also my brother-in-law, uh, lives in uh, Stratford upon Avon, so uh, Shakespeare's country.
1: Oh, another beautiful part of the world.
2: Indeed. Um, so, yeah, we do at the present. We deliver to the UK and the EU, um, but we are also putting plans together so we can um, go and um, sell our beautiful wares in the US. That's uh, all in the pipeline at the moment.
1: Very cool. And tell us a little bit about the products. I mentioned you have kind of selected certain brands to sell and you you talked about manufacturers, but what, what are the actual products you've got on the site?
2: So, yeah, we're a multi-brand platform. Um, we have everything from Acme Whistles, which is the original whistle manufacturer um, from Birmingham who who um, made the original whistles for the Titanic, um, to Fox's Umbrellas from Croydon, South London, who... Um, produced uh, uh, umbrellas for, uh, say, JFK used to be a a big advocate of Fox umbrellas or the Japanese royal family, Um, and they also supply their umbrellas to Peaky Blinders um, to give it the authenticity. Um, So we have a huge range from, yeah, or or Risden & Risden, which is an apron manufacturer in Shropshire who's run by, a lady and her two sons and she designs all the cotton and creates them and they do the leather work and the marketing. Um, But they use craftsmanship skills to make everything has British provenance and they look beautiful and it will enhance your life.
1: Very cool. And uh, what platform did you choose to to do all the selling on? Are you a Shopify Magento or have you gone bespoke?
2: So... (sighs) This was always a tough one because at the beginning, I had this real sort of we have to buy British on everything. How can we get people to buy British if we don't buy British? And uh, that proved for me uh, quite a painful experience. We went through lots of different ways of doing this. In the end, we ended up with WordPress and WooCommerce because we thought it would open our world up when we got bigger. Also, the reason why we didn't go for the Shopify's of this world is that I've come from a world of visual marketing and advertising. And the one problem I have with Shopify, not through the system or anything, is that I feel there's a sort of, everything feels very similar in Shopify, whichever shop it does. It has, even if it looks beautiful, there's this sort of regularity to a lot of the Shopify shops, which is great for certain brands, but we are craftsmanship brands. So we had to have something that felt quite craftsmanship-like. So, yeah, we just decided on WordPress and WooCommerce whether that is the right choice in the long run. We will see, I suppose.
1: I think that's one of the great things about starting a new business is you, as I said at in the intro, you, you do so much testing and measuring early days. There's so many things you learn, you, you discover. You know, you think who your customers are, then you discover who your customers really are, and you think this was the right, the most important thing, then you discover this is the most important thing, and it's all that kind of learning journey, isn't it? So, but I and I think uh, something which a lot of businesses do is they make that day one site decision. And then they stick with it forever. Whereas actually, just like everything else in the business, it's something you should be reassessing every couple of years. Is this still the right platform? Is this still the best way to create the customer experience and sort out our back end problems? We're on a
2: we're on at the moment. We're talking to a a design web design agency just as a, a sort of friendship thing at the moment. And they are, uh, they've gone through our site again and, and it looks great and it works well. And, you know, we do have teething problems in the back end, like most e-commerce stores do. Um, especially with plugins not working together or all those sort of horrible things that somehow it's like, how do these two plugins like mismatch each other and then create something madness on the screen? But they, they've, they've said that they would work with us to create a bespoke site, um, because. I mean, again, I'm learning. I, I know nothing about e-commerce. I'm seven months in, and I'm such a newbie that the way Google ranks you when they start trawling your site, you know, WooCommerce isn't so great, and that all, WordPress is is good on that, and other sites are not so good on that. And
1: yeah, there, it's all balancing acts. So, um, so in the team, who's helping you with the overload? Because there's you and there's your brother-in-law Dan, and is there anyone else?
2: So that's it. And Dan is only working part time at the moment. He has a, another job, so he's overloaded doubly so yeah he deals he's i suppose acts as the coo sort of back-end systems fulfillment side of things um because he's done a, he's done a fair bit he's been in e-commerce on and off for the last 10 years uh in different guises um whereas i come from very much a brand and advertising standpoint so i suppose i'm driving the vision the brand the product curation the marketing the pr and as i'm speaking to you the face of sir gordon Bennett.com.
1: so tell me about the past 7 months all this test and measuring you've been doing with the brand and with the um, the marketing side of it have you got any advice to anyone out there who's going through that at the moment about you know how you've approached it and how you've you've made it work for you
2: well i suppose the biggest advice is you've got to have your own vision to start off with you've got to believe and know who you think you're going to sell to as you explained earlier on, that may change drastically. We, I always believed that we were um, a self-gifting site, uh, someone that wants products that actually make them feel better and doesn't have such an impact on, on our planet because we live by the, by the um, ethos of, like, don't, uh, don't buy cheap and buy twice. You know, buy once and buy cle- cleverly and buy carefully. We're not here to throw loads and loads of products at you and make you buy tons and tons of stuff all the time. We want you to really think about what you're purchasing because they will enhance your life. But saying that, who your target audience is could change. And I think ours is slightly changing. we feel feeling that actually people are actually like uh, giving gifts quite a lot from us. So our gifting is becoming quite prominent within our marketing strategy.
1: Oh, so you've shifted from thinking it was going to be I'm buying for me to I'm buying for someone else.
2: A lot of the time yeah, but then going back onto the testing, um, we realized that also that we tried to go very broad we tried to do a big P- we've done a couple of big PPC uh, Google and Bing campaigns and they haven't worked at all through gifting. So it's very because I think our target audience was not defined enough through Google. Um, you can't define someone who would like our products. Because they're a very visual thing, and they're probably more expensive than what you can buy on other sites.
1: It's the the age old challenge with uh, with Google is it, it it works incredibly well if the keyword pretty much everybody searching that keyword would expect to see your products, and if someone's searching apron, they're probably the majority of them probably aren't expecting to see a hand manufactured apron. They're expecting to see a. 4.99 from Argos apron or something are they yeah it's a challenge
2: it's a real challenge and so that sort of swayed us slightly so that's why I've been mean, going on to you were going to bring it up but we might as well segue into it now and that's why we're going into much more of a a targeted marketing advertising campaign now and and sort of putting ppc on the background back burner for a while because I don't want to muddy the water between where we're getting the sales from as well.
1: Yeah, so you've done the AdWords test. Now it's time to test the next thing. And if that works, you might try it with some AdWords at the same time.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, muddying the water for me, I mean, as I say, I'm very new to this and I don't, the water's muddy enough without me muddying it even more. So yeah, next time it's, we're going very targeted. We've got the publications that we want to be in. um, We've got the digital exposure through these publications as well and we will know exactly where um our customers come from.
1: And I suppose that you're moving back into your your wheelhouse going away from Google Ads back into the advertising too.
2: Which makes me feel a lot more comfortable.
1: <laughs> and a lot more excited I suspect as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um I understand for, for me personally I understand how that works and how it can drive brand where then brand drives sales. We will never be a sales driven um store because we're just not that we just don't have them type of products we will always be driven through brand um affiliation and people will see themselves in our store and therefore become customers and hopefully loyalty will carry on through that
1: so very much the kind of the story and um emotional side of things
2: absolutely yeah um yeah we just the the products we sell i mean they're 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 small batch there's not Hundreds of thousands of each of them produced. So there's a sort of scarcity involved in them as well. So I think a backstory helps with that scarcity. It gives you a warm, glowing feeling when you purchase, not through just having the product, but everything that goes on behind the product, the story of how these smaller brands have coming to being, how they came to life. It's not just about our story. It's about their story. We're just a segue to tell other people's stories, essentially.
1: Do your your suppliers, the other people whose stories you're telling, do they sell their own products online or are you kind of taking that that job over for them?
2: Most of them sell online. yeah. Most of them have their own um, sites. A lot of them also sell to other third party retailers like ourselves. But one thing that I've loved doing in this last seven months or longer than that last year is having conversations with these smaller, mainly family owned businesses. It's a far cry from me spending or getting on an early morning flight to Geneva to P&G and um, discussing huge million-pound um, advertising campaigns to just discussing in very nice, friendly tones with someone who owns a company who just loves what they do. It's a it's a real departure, but it's lovely. It's a really lovely feeling. But, yeah, they do sell on their own sites. Um, it feels like there's a community a bit more with it. Than uh, just big business now, which I love.
1: Nice. And this big marketing campaign you've got coming up was it? You, I think, think you mentioned that it's going to be both offline and online. Was that something you were really keen to do to include that offline impact?
2: Yes, absolutely. It needs to be. uh, We wanted to holistically. um, So more, there are more, a sort of collaborations. So we're working with the Chap magazine, which is. uh, I don't know if your viewers, had, uh, your listeners had ever heard of it, but it's uh, very much a, um, a fairly niche magazine um, online for gentlemen, the discerning gentleman, um with a little bit of wit in it, which is sort of very reminiscent of our brand. So we've got a uh, hopefully we'll have a feature in the magazine. We'll have an ad in the magazine. We'll do some Instagram with them. Um, a bit of Facebook with them they'll be working through Twitter so we'll have their whole digital ecosphere working towards getting their uh, readership onto the site and uh, yeah working with us and hopefully we will have a bit of their um, cachet rubbing up against us really I suppose.
1: Definitely it sounds like, like you've, um, you've put together quite an almost an all-encompassing partnership with
2: them. Absolutely. And, and they, were, they offered it up. That was the lovely thing about it. I contacted them just about running an ad in, in the chat magazine. And they looked on the site and they were like, well, this just feels like we should be doing more with you. Um, there's not enough websites out there that sort of fulfill the needs of their readership. Um, so yeah, we just came to this sort of all encompassing plan of online offline, which should be very exciting.
1: It sounds it. You'll, uh, you'll have to, to send me information when it's out there and I'll add some links into the show notes about it so everyone else can have a look too. What else is on the, is there anything else big on the radar at the moment or is it really all about focusing in on this marketing campaign?
2: Um, well, yeah, we've got that. I'm say there's a few other magazines that we're running ads in like the Idler because um, they're much more about slow living and being a bit more thoughtful. The Essential Journal, which is from... Um, Liverpool, but also available in um, London as well, which is a free newspaper, but it's a high-end newspaper for more discerning men as well, which is exciting. Um, but I suppose one thing that's sort of exciting me is that we um going to hopefully, um, if we can get our act together, um, is we want to take our, uh, Sir Gordon Bennett around the country in pop-ups and through shows and things, because I still think there's a there's a real need for us to meet our customer and our consumer. Just because a lot of the products, although they look great on screen, and you can tell, and my stories are, their backstories are great, and you know you really feel the story and the and the craftsmanship and the love that goes into them, nothing can prepare you for when you see them in real life. Um, so we want to sort of get these products into people's hands. So we'd like to do Birmingham and Manchester and Newcastle and Liverpool and Glasgow and Belfast and Cardiff and to, we did a we did a London pop up um, about three months ago, which was great. And uh, it's just, it's a whole different feeling when you actually meet a customer and they start picking up the products and playing with them and just, um, yeah, slightly in awe of them.
1: <laughs> it's, it, But it's such a powerful way to get the brand out there and also to, to learn about the customers because you get to have the conversation with them and find out what they like, what they're attracted to. And that can, can really pay dividends over the over the following months because you think about those customers and what they wanted. And it can be such a useful research activity, not just a selling activity.
2: Uh, we see it as a research activity more than a selling activity, absolutely. It will uh, inform us immensely as we go forward. It's always great to make sales, always. I mean, none, of us would be, uh, none of us would survive if we didn't. But actually taking forward their thoughts and their, and how they interact with the products and, yeah, just their small comments. And, yeah, we've got a little comment book as well where people can write things in. And obviously we can get uh, Garnish email addresses there for our newsletter, Gordon's Bugle newsletter. Um, yeah, it's 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 a nice feeling to be out talking to people with products that you are really proud to.
0: E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are.
1: Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler. With Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just click, send, and save for as low as four dollars and ninety-nine cents a month. Send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk. And for being an e-commerce masterplan listener, you'll receive a free thirty-day trial to get started and a free ten-pound scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with Sempro Online. Starting at $4.99 per month, you can also qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping, calculate exact postage online, and do it all by printing from your PC. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get you started. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Cash flow slowing your growth? Exchange rate fees driving you mad? You need seller's funding. We've helped hundreds of retailers solve these problems with our easy way to access working capital and local currency collection accounts. With the number one direct lending platform of 2018 in the US, we also serve the UK and other markets coming soon. We provide funding from as little as $5,000 to as much as half a million dollars. And our customers have given us a five star score on Trustpilot. Let us help you navigate through these challenges with greater clarity and flexibility. Visit us at www.sellersfunding.com forward slash e-commerce dash It's
0: time for the top tips round.
1: Okay, Neil, we've been through kind of some of the business areas, but now it's time to get into the top tips, which is the section I love because it gives all of us some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
2: I was going to be cheeky and ask, can I have two? And I'll be quick with them. You
1: you can have two.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. So um one book that has really informed me a lot about, especially when you are a small, brand new business, trying to understand the whole life of being, a, I wouldn't want to say entrepreneur yet, just a new business, um, which is the E-Myth, uh, revisited by Michael E. Gerber. It just makes you really think about how to run a business by putting systems in place, Um so you don't fret over every single thing, every single day. Um, it's, not, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I wouldn't use it to, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to get people into a franchise frame of mind. But actually putting systems in place doesn't stop a lot of the pain of life. And the second one is a bit more whimsical. It's Dave Trott's Creative Mischief, not technically a business book, um, it's sort of short snippets of his his life in advertising. He was a, a, one of the most famous ad men in London um, in the sort of eighties. And yeah, and it's just snippets of his life in advertising and how to come at problems from different angles to fix them. Because I think all the time we we so concentrate on what we're trying to do, we don't think from the side. And often it's the ideas from the side that actually create the biggest impact. And he just gives you tips and stories and anecdotes that actually can make you think in different ways.
1: Excellent recommendations. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
2: Well, I think this goes back to our learning that we've learned before. Um, we're still pretty new as we've discussed. And so it's quite tough for me to answer this. Um, and I'm sure everyone knows traffic isn't everything. It's a qualified or convertible traffic that makes all the difference. And as I said, we're going into a much more traditional campaigns, uh, with magazines and newspapers soon. PPC really didn't work for us. So that's, I can't prize that again above anything else. We love Instagram, obviously, because we're a visual brand. Um, it's just managing to get the time, and I think uh, to do it properly, um, and without being able to afford an agency to run your Instagram account, it can be quite taxing. But visually, it's an amazing—it's an amazing uh, um, tool for anybody. I think, even if their um, algorithms have changed, so you don't get so much organic reach now you're still putting your products if you want, and your lifestyle and your brand in front of people that actually might care about you.
1: Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
2: So this is a really cool tool. Anyone can use it. And it's called the telephone. Dan and myself live in different parts of the country. And we chat every day, To resolve issues and make decisions, I've worked in big advertising agencies, and the death of most advertising agencies um, is the email because emails can go on all day. I just think face to face and talking to people resolves things so much quicker than most tools ever can. It's the best tool we have: is our our mouth and our ears.
1: Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
2: Um, if someone has that tip for me, could they?
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> now, I've, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier that Chris from uh, Dixon Flannel Co. And I can only concur with uh, what he was saying is that um, we're at that stage at the moment. Um, but he was talking about you know building a brand is the only way to really generate more more sales and loyalty base because we all know that repeat buyers can be the lifeblood of any company. So, yeah, I would just say I think that brand building is everything because, you know, chasing orders doesn't seem like hard work and foolish <laughs> to me anyway.
1: Love it. Neil, thank you very much. Um, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media?
2: Of course. So uh, online you can find us at com. That's with two N's and two T's. On social media, Instagram and Facebook, we are Sir Gordon Bennett. Twitter handle is Sir G Bennett. And uh, for all the e-commerce master plan listeners, um, if you'd like to type in master plan, you'll get a 10% discount.
1: Marvellous. Well, Neil, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your early days experience with us. It's been absolutely fascinating to hear how you're already adapting to what what information you're getting back. It's much appreciated. So thank you very much for being on the show.
2: Thank you very much for having us.
1: So cool to hear from a small business that's just started, but which given the way Neil's approaching it, I have no doubt is going to, uh, to be one we hear more of over the coming months and years, because they really are taking that test something, stop, test something else, try something else, whilst trying to keep that brand core and learning from the customers as well, right at the heart of everything that they're doing. And it seems to me having Had a look at their website and had a look at the products, those magazines and those kind of publications they're partnering with seem like really obvious places for them to be going. So it's going to be interesting watching to see how they grow. So I hope you've learned a few bits and pieces. Been reminded about a few things from your distant or not so distant past in that chat with Neil there. To get your hands on all the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links, details of their offer, related episodes, including our interview with Michael Gerber, who wrote the eMyth, then um, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends. It's always great to see the listener numbers going forever upwards because it means more and more people are being helped by these interviews and these stories that we share. So please do spread the word on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, over a coffee or a pint, I don't mind, but it would be great to get ever more people listening and to be able to help ever more people. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing.
0: Thank you for listening to the E-commerce Masterplan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com/podcast.